You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 this fucking crazy one that's going around. So uh, just going to vitamin C up and hope that that's what does it because apparently uh, I am not yet deemed worthy of vaccination. You're not deemed. That's a weird way to pronounce that one. What is that? Just first responders, teachers, actually, no, I just heard teachers are able to get the vaccination, but do you honestly want it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? You're pro the vaccine. Yeah. Pump me full of everything you've got. I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. I've seen I Am Legend. I'm not against vaccines, but I know they say, like, it's a small likely possibility you'll be that one person out of the 50,000 that take it that gets cerebral or uh, what is it, Bell's palsy? I'm like, I know with my luck, I'm that fucking guy. Like, I just I, – I've never won the lottery. I've seen everything that just points me in that direction is you're going to be the da- – you're going to be the guy. Nah, fill me full of everything. Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy is just, it's like a scar. It's just a good, it's just a good story. When half your face is frozen? Yeah, it's just a good story. You can't talk. You can't eat soup. You get made fun of when you're eating soup. It's all slurping down the side of your face. I'd rather get made fun of for eating soup than slowly choke to death. On what? Are you eating steak? Why would you slowly choke to death? Uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the fluid buildup in your, in your own lungs from, uh, from COVID-19. With that the, slow choke to death. With the amount of people that smoke cigarettes or like American spirits, and they just do that for years upon years, like 40 years of it. I, I think their lungs have been through a lot already. I don't see the fluid stopping them. Oh, I mean, listen, my, my whole life is one long, slow choke to death. I've smoked for closing in on closing in on two decades. Uh, Is it socially or do you do it? Cause it's like, it releases some stress. uh, A little from column a a little from column B a little from column addiction. um, Mostly from column addiction. Uh, You can, you can really tell uh, you can really tell the difference, especially during the pandemic, when you start to get the like, the 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 uh, I call it. You, you feel like your teeth are itching. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I consider like a maybe like for me like vaping. It came from like I would do cigarettes like as a social event at work because I used to work with a lot of people from like other countries and like New York and stuff. So they were just like, I mean, it was just like, I'm going to get to know these people. And then eventually I picked up the vape. And then that's just like a thing. That's like, if it's in the room, like I don't need it. Like, but sometimes I get through like a really stressful conversation and it's like, fuck, you just need that hit. Cigarettes were a really incredible way to make friends. Um, I met some of the uh, some of the coolest, most interesting people that I don't think that I would have ever met otherwise if I didn't smoke. Um, I got to meet people from uh, from like you said all all over the world, all different kinds of walks of life, um, and you get to you get to talk to people, you get to know people. Uh, there's, there's a, a really excellent, uh, social element to it. Uh, there's also 
an element of sort of like danger to it um, because you are outsiders. You are doing stuff that is bad and you know that it is bad and everyone around you agrees that it is bad. And even you, the people who are taking part in it, agree that it's bad because you know that it makes you feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's that fucking root in all, all of us that want to have that edge to us. Like when the what is a classic bad boy like flips a cigarette into his mouth and you know lights it and then puts on the cool black shades and drives off in like a Porsche or something. As long as he's not wearing racing gloves, he's still is deemed cool by society. But more of like I started understanding more about cigars because I remember smoking smoking like my very first cigar when I like it was supposed to be like a gift for like graduating college and then I was like walking and smoking it and I was like this is fucking tasking I have to keep relighting it and then some dude's like no you're supposed to sit it's supposed to be like a social event where you're supposed to be locked down in one place you know talk to a friend hear stories that's why there's cigar bars I'm like yeah I can see that like imagine you have to light this thing smoke it and you have to sit there and patiently take this thing in like a more of a waiting factor. And in today's world, there's not really that waiting factor. It's always just instant gratification is yeah. what's wanted. So it's like that's an important thing to still deem hold to society. It's why I think uh, Pizza Hut did it best. Where was it? 30 minutes or less. I was like, fuck, yeah, make you wait the 30 minutes, dude. I'm tired of right. people getting that instant burger or something. Well, and there's uh, there's also a there's there's almost a radical element involved in being willing to wait for something um one of the more radical things that you can do to sort of uh to sort of disrupt the way that things work and the way that we are trying to make our society work uh, a society where everything happens instantaneously and we don't stop to think about how that instantaneous thing takes place is to just be willing to wait for things. Yeah. But waiting involves waiting. Like, yeah, that's a big and thing for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. And it sucks. Uh, waiting is, uh, waiting is super annoying, but it should take more than two days for something to get from, california to ohio <laughs> don't you dare shit on amazon they might be a potential sponsor for this thing it should it should take more than two days for something to get from california to ohio don't it i think the a fear for a lot of people that are business owners was the fact during the pandemic their business was closing and then next thing you know like they were like, oh, it's the major corporations. And you see some major corporations closing. And I'm like, I think we're just all moving to online. And I know so many people that were like, that's even easier. I always order through Amazon anyway. I'm like, but I like the factor of going to a store. Even though the waiting in line kind of sucks, it still lets you know, like, this is basic shit. Like, I, there's just that instant gratification is, like, really hard to handle sometimes. I feel like that just gives you this attention span of nothing. It's we we want our online shopping to be like shopping in a store where we go and they they have our thing and we check out with it and we leave with it and then we have it um we we want it to be the the absolute best of both worlds where all of our stuff is always in stock and we can always get it and it can always come home that day um 
but where do we draw the line, Michael? Are, are we going to go from cutting in line in grocery stores or cutting the time out and just want that instant package at your door? Can you do that with an adoption process? I mean, can you just cut through? But like, people, give me a kid, any kid. People already do that with those things. People already cut in line at grocery stores simply because they believe that I know you were there first, but I have less stuff than you, so you should let me go first. I should be allowed to go first. The whole system should stop working the way that it works by first come, first serve, because I'm here and I have less stuff and my time is more important than yours. People already find ways to jump the line in adoption processes. Do we move up the yeah. line? Do we move up the line faster if we give a massive donation to your company? I know that we have already paid the same amount of money that other people pay for this service. But so, do we move up the line any faster if we give your company a huge donation since you're a nonprofit company? This actually helps us two ways because we'll have one made a tax deductible donation to you, which helps us, it makes us pay less taxes. And if we just so happen to get bumped up a little higher up that list, I mean, the, the instant gratification stuff, I think that that has, has always been a problem and has always plagued us. Anyone who has worked in any kind of service or retail job knows that people have always wanted to be seen now and that there will always be a person who is unwilling to wait for anything. Isn't it weird that nobody's quite everyone kind of points blame to the person that's doing the action but nobody points blame to the system that's causing it a pay-to-play scheme where if you put money in you're going to get something back out of it kind of like a quarter machine i think it starts there you know you're you're promised a gift you're promised something when you put that quarter in the machine and you get a gumball that's your little prize but now it's like oh if i donate this much money then you get a tax break oh if i do this i can cut adoption processes it leads down to a whole factor of why is the right system, the right way, the correct pathway, such as immigration, for instance, why is that for a Canadian can take $10,000 and take up to 10 years to get a citizenship here when the wrong way you can just cross right over the border and become a citizen? Well, I mean, for starters, you, you can't cross right over the border and become a citizen. You can cross right over the border and you can physically stand here. You can live here. Uh, you can... You can go and you can get a job in certain industries, but you have to be willing to accept a lower standard than standard of living. You will have to enter an industry that will likely largely work mostly in cash. Uh, you will have to accept being in a uh, in an industry that is uh, is going to almost definitely exploit your labor and almost definitely not give you the, uh, the full pay that you have earned because you do not have a leg to stand on to go and complain. Who are you gonna to complain to? The Department of Labor? You're not a United States citizen. The Department of Labor doesn't work for you. 
Yeah, but even working illegally, when they cross over here, the immigration happens when someone comes over to this country illegally. It's a lot easier when you're already here so you can get the processing payments to become a citizen rather than going through the proper channels of waiting in your own country, setting in the proper certifications to be over here. And I'm not against immigration. I'm just looking at it like every single pathway in the society in this world today, doing things the correct way is deemed as wasteful when it comes to doing things as cutting corners, such as major businesses cutting corners when it comes to buildings, when it comes to just even their regulations with their own company. You know, there's a lot of cheating that's going on. And so I would use that term cheating only because that's just the way it is. And it's not really cheating, even cutting a line, cutting something. It's not really cheating because you're, you're getting paid for it. You're still getting something out of it. It's deemed as like proper cheating, which is fucking insane to me. That doesn't just mean that not strictly talking about immigration, but it's strictly talking about like there are a lot of people that go through the really hard processes, such as myself when I was going to court for a medication over John Hopkins. They didn't show up five fucking times. I sat there five different appointments. I went to three different judge houses. They didn't show up each and every single time. You're telling me after my first fucking time I didn't show up, they would give me a second time? Nah, they did for John Hopkins because it was John Hopkins. Well, why is that? That's a cheating thing right there. It's already an unfair advantage, which happens when a game is involved. And that's an issue with our court system. It's an issue with everything we have in society when they're seen as a winner and a loser. It's a game. Somebody gets the benefit of the doubt and somebody doesn't. Somebody always gets the benefit of the doubt and somebody never does. What? Why is it that way? What What happened in our world where it's deemed as everything's got to be a little bit selfish? Not saying the whole world is selfish, but there's a large majority that if I offered you a billion dollars and a random person in the world would die, you're probably going to take that billion dollars because you don't know who that person is. You have no connection to them. And I think I would have even taken the billion dollars at a point, but eventually I kind of looked inside myself and you start to realize coming from like a parent's perspective, imagine if you lost your kid, you know, imagine if that that's 10, 12 years, whatever age that person dies, gone forever. And once that stuck into my head, I was like, there's not fucking money that's worth that. I got deep on you. I'm sorry. It's, it's such a, uh, it's such a conceptually large sum that I don't think that you can that you can ask psychologically someone to take those ramifications on themselves. The only way that the that the experiment can truly work, because honestly, I think that most people, if it was if it was like the uh, like the film where they have the the button where you you press the button you get two million dollars and someone somewhere in the world who you do not know will die most people will press that button because someone somewhere in the world who you do not know will die they don't say how you don't they never mention that you have to watch it you don't have to go choke someone you don't know to death to get the money and your brain you, rationalizes it might be an elderly person that dies and you doesn't. press you press a button it could be 
you could be you could be killing a sick person you could be killing somebody who is miserable you could be killing someone who at that exact moment is praying and begging for the sweet release of death there there are a thousand ways that someone can justify that for themselves in the moment that they press the button and gain the money um Shouldn't but, that be a thought in your head, but change, though? But change the experiment to there's a man with a briefcase and a guy in a chair, and he says, okay, in this briefcase is X, however much money you want it to be. It's, it's a billion dollars. It's a very big briefcase. <laughs> it's, it's a billion dollars and a massive briefcase. And he says, yeah, you have a billion dollars. All you have to do is choke this guy to death. So is it the not, lack, not, hold on, is it the lack of interaction that is the issue then? Do you think the issue though is with those two examples of the guy with the briefcase and then the person in front of you saying, I'll give you this briefcase of cash and shoot this guy in the head or something is different from the button scenario because maybe the issue is immediacy? Like maybe if people were it's more the idea that like it's the idea that if you're if you're there, if you're physically there and if you physically have to do it. It's everybody thinks that they're the they're the real raw gangster rock and roll until you're in the in the situation, and uh, a gun is just another button, right? Okay, it's another it's another button that you push that makes people go away, uh, and and even that makes it too easy for me. If you if you toss them a rope in the big briefcase of a billion dollars and you're like choke this fucking guy to death. There might there might even still be a bunch of people who would say, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Let's play this. Let's play this game. But then they realize that it takes 20 fucking minutes to choke somebody to death. And 10 minutes in, well, you've choked somebody to unconsciousness, but you uh, you don't get a billion dollars because you didn't finish the job. Every Michael Myers movie I've ever seen has been done in less than like a minute and a half to kill somebody. But maybe that's just the lack of like that's the importance of empathy. You need to have that immediacy into someone else's life. Like I always talk about like our house might protect us from the environment, but it also encloses us because we choose to stay inside of our comfort zone. A lot of people and they like to stay in there. And when you build up walls like that, you isolate from getting to know your neighbors, getting to know your community. And when you start closing off those connections, you kind of lose the sense of touch with empathy, I would say. We we make it really easy on ourselves to do some things and that makes it really hard on us to do other things and we don't realize that we need those things because we don't see it as we don't see it as making it more difficult for us to like survive in some meaningful way right so that lack of empathy, that lack of attachment with our, uh, our community, um, not knowing who your neighbors are, not knowing their first and last names, for instance, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like a big, massive downside to most people. It doesn't look like it from the outside. Uh, I can't, 
I can't think off the top of my head of a, you know, personal life and death situation that would be perfectly solved by me knowing my neighbor's first and last names um, or really anything about them until it comes up until something is going on at their house and a paramedic is asking you, hey, do you know if these people, if one of them is diabetic? I don't know anything about them. They go on about their business. Yeah, because if you put that up into the grand scale, you even want to like what, what I started realizing the importance of paying taxes. Pays for the fire department. Imagine your house burns down and you expect the community to reach out and help you, you know, help out put out the house fire. A lot of people are just going to stand and fucking videotape with their phones because you haven't created that connection with them. You haven't created that immediacy where it's like, oh my God, help me. I need help with this. You know, people are just going to look at you like I called 911, you know, or just waiting on that. But if you develop a relationship with your neighbor, your community, there's going to be people grabbing buckets from their fucking house, grabbing hoses from the side of their house, spraying their fucking water lilies, whatever the hell you want in their garden. They're going to be spraying your house. Like, I got you, man. Remember that cup of sugar you let me borrow i'm fucking spraying down your house now it's like thank you yeah yeah uh and it gets uh it gets it gets even it gets even further into into those things when your when your chips are down who do you have that you can reach out to and rely on when stuff is really, really, really bad. You know, I've, I've been in, I've been in a few places where I have been in some, some real, real dire straits. Uh, twice I have lived on the, on the streets of Bowling Green and figured out where I was going to sleep and where I was going to get food and things like that. And people have said, well, why didn't you why didn't you reach out? Why didn't you ask for help? Where was your GoFundMe page? Where was all of this stuff? Because, you know, these things happened while those, those avenues existed and were open to me. And to be completely honest, because I was afraid that no one would say anything. Because I was afraid that I had not built up enough of a community that I would put those things out there and that no one would care that it would just be people with cell phones watching my house burn down. And that would be more, it would be more soul crushing to reach and have no one reach back than it would be to have nothing and start over by myself. I think there's a large amount of the world that if you were saying help me help me someone's trying to kill me they would help but how many people have the idea that to put their life on the line to save another's you know i've prided myself in the fact that i feel like in a situation where if someone pulled a gun out um i'd be the person that would stand in front of that gun just knowing that i don't give that shit or give that much of a shit about my own life. So that's where I kind of use that. It's not like I'm a confident man. It's more like right. a fucking reckless kid. But it, it, that's the fucking people say that's a straight shot to heaven if you sacrifice yourself. So screw it. Um, but the concept of like 
even not even going to that extent, but the way that the world seems now where it's more of a factor of attacking each other than helping each other. I mean, it's I, I don't want to beat the empathy horse over and over again, but you really start to notice it with all the conflicts that happen. It seems like more people are prone to want to get that shit on world star hip hop than, uh, you know, turn that into a beautiful little segment that you would see if a dog learned how to water ski. You know what I mean? And it all, I threw it all, you off with those it all examples. Sort of, I'm sorry. <laughs> it all sort of, it all sort of like, it all sort of meshes into its own creation. We we've we've a few times in our in our history built our own sort of. Ouroboros. We've made our we've made our own snake that eats its own dick, and then wondered why we have so many dick breath fucking snakes around. <laughs> the okay, I'm gonna go off on one of my one of my favorite long tangents. And this I'm is why use... I love having you on because I think we always think it's gonna go one way and it always goes another. Here's a here's a really here's a really long tangent about uh, about connectivity and the imperative of connectivity. All right. So we invent the telephone. And that is a really powerful connective force. People now have the option, if they want, to pay a sum of money to have a machine in their home that lets them reach and be reached by other people. Fast forward, a just, uh, just a simple like 60 years from the invention of the telephone. You now have to have a telephone in your home. You don't have to. It's still viewed as an optional device, and it's priced as an optional device. It's expensive to have a telephone. But try to get a job without a telephone. Try to function in modern society without a telephone. You have to pay whatever they charge for it, because you can't exist without this fucking thing. Fast forward a couple hundred years. Now we've put it in our pockets. We now have this luxury device, and now you have the option, and remember, this is still priced as an option, to be reached anywhere you are. Anywhere you are, someone can call you. You can be called uh, and call anyone anywhere. Oh, I know. Every time I'm taking a shit, I get a call from some automated machine asking me about car insurance. I'm like, not now. Now, it's still priced as an optional luxury, but have you tried to get a job without having a cell phone? It's impossible. Unless you're even Mormon. If you, even, if you had a, even if you had a home phone, no employer would touch you unless you could be reached at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Look at the creation of the suburbs. We have automobiles that are compulsory. 
every person in the United States, unless they live in a large, large city with a very robust uh, public transportation system, because Los Angeles is a large, large city that almost requires automobile ownership because their public transportation is so dog shit. Automobile ownership is almost compulsory, but they are not priced as though it is necessary to own a car in order to exist in the United States of America. It is necessary to own an automobile to exist in the United States of America, but it's not priced that way. It's priced like a luxury, but it is as necessary as water. We have spread out these things necessary. We price them as though they're luxuries, and then we act surprised when people defend them and protect them and sort of, we've made everything necessary, all of it, cars, phones, your, your commute, all of it. And we priced it all as luxury items. We've made it all still a luxury because it's all still technically optional. Even the internet, the internet itself is treated as this optional luxury item, but try doing almost any job in the United States without a dedicated internet connection at your house. <laughs> try doing a podcast without one. Exactly. It's hog wild. So we have these things that we hoard and protect and all of these, these valueless things that we should be able to treat like tissue paper because they are so ubiquitous. They are everywhere, uh, impossibly everywhere. And we fill our tiny little fiefdoms and our tiny little homes up with them. So we end up with these hordes of really expensive stuff that we need. We have to have it. All of it costs so much money that we have to work so hard to get not very much of. I mean, in the case of cars, you're almost never going to pay just straight up cash and walk away with an automobile that belongs to you unless you're buying it from a guy in his yard, right? If you're going to a car dealership, chances are you're walking out of there in debt. Most cell phones, when you go to your cell phone company, they will even tell you, hey, we're just going to tack an extra like $25 onto your bill. No problem. And then that's going to be how you get your new phone. You're walking out of there in debt. You're walking out of there paying for this thing that you have to have 
in order to function in our society. It started with fucking Rena Center. I hate everything nowadays is like you have to keep making payments and it's a keep way of keeping you like in this like nonstop Ponzi scheme of always putting in money into a fucking endless bucket where you feel like you're going to do. There's a couch in my house that I've had since I was 15 and we're still paying it off. And I'm like, what the fuck does how does that happen? I would just want to pay cash for things. And you start to look at like maybe they attacked our uh, uh, this uh, that addictive part of us where we all get addicted i don't even think it i took addiction counseling in school but i heard a really good podcast with a guy who studied the science of addiction and he was like it's all bullshit you're not addicted to things you're you're you love that feeling of something that's es- keeping you from an escape is a better term escaping from something and the whole idea is we escape into the internet we escape into our cars. We escape into our phones. We escape into social media because we're, we're we're neglecting something that's staring us in the face in our everyday life. I mean, the hardest choice, I think, for a lot of people is to look inside of themselves, which was, I think, a lot of people's pushback with the lockdown situation, too, is you were forced to fucking look inside of yourself. You know, you're sitting at home all day playing fucking wall ball. You're grabbing a ball and tossing it up against the fucking wall. And eventually you're like, what is my life? I'm in my underpants, I'm 40, and I'm staring at a fucking wall tossing a tennis ball back and forth. Like, what happened? Like, you start to question things, and I think there's so many things. It's not just one. There's vast, vast varieties of things that bring people to these points. I think there's an over amount of pressure when you're put on, on you as a kid. You can be president. You can be this. You can be that. And most people end up being like 40 or 50. They're sitting there like, I didn't do any of that. And I just want to jump off this bridge now. But I think there's an overall connection of finding yourself and talking with others where they might help you discover something. You know, back in the day, there used to be what the base computer in your house where everyone kind of shared the Internet. But you still had the family dinners. You still did these types of things. You still had those people you could contact and talk to, much like how me and you were talking if we wanted to get deep whenever we wanted. But nowadays, it's all sent through like emojis and shit, like a sad crying emoji. This is letting you know how I feel. Well, fucking tell me how you feel, Speech it like a poet, like you're William Shakespeare. Craft me out a fucking line that's going to literally capture me with your your sadness. I don't have a problem with the method of connection. I don't have a problem with the uh, the the vehicle through which the uh, the expression takes place um, or the or the forum for it, if you will. Um, I don't think that anything gets lost necessarily in the uh the translation in those places tell me what the fuck this means the emoji for this or it's a finger look like it's pinching something i don't know what that means and they keep sending it to me i I, that that's that's why i have a problem with it i don't know what that uh i don't know american sign language so (laughs) i i suppose i suppose that that's a that would be the the place to start because it's an it's an emoji for a sign in American Sign Language, but I don't know what it means. If you can think it. Means so that's so that's good. my that's my failing. It's the same. It's the same thing as somebody speaking Spanish to you and getting mad that Spanish exists. 
No, it's it's a, it's a language. You know, because the world nowadays. It's a language you don't speak. The world nowadays, it's not just a, it's like urban dictionary. You ever look up one of those terms? The words have evolved to mean something else. This might mean something in sign language, but if someone sends an emoji text, it might be like, you owe me this amount of crack. You owe me this amount of coke. You owe me this amount of money. It's like, that's not. It changes the whole thing up. I mean, it's different. Sure, variation. it's like it's it's like uh, like Cockney rhyming slang or like uh, um, uh, hobo hieroglyphics or anything like that. It's just a language you don't know. There's no point in getting mad at it. It's just a language you don't speak. But it's making it harder to communicate amongst other people. Uh, not for the people who speak that language. It makes it harder for you to speak a language you don't understand. Yeah. But it doesn't make it hard on the people who know and speak that language. Now, if the, if the issue with having a conversation with somebody who speaks that language comes from, I'm, it's been going on so long that now I'm too embarrassed to ask then that's just a personal problem. Well, I, I mean, that communication, you say you don't have an issue with it. Well, I have an issue with it with most of the confrontations that appear through text. Most texts get misread or misinterpreted in a way that it wasn't meant to convey a certain type of emotion. People don't really, it's hard to translate. I mean, it just can't pick up on your emotions, your voice texting, your regular texts. You know, it comes out in a different way. And that's where most conflicts seem to arise from. Also, it stems from the phone, people getting interactions with other people. That's not a language most, to speak and understand. Most conflict, most conflict comes from miscommunication anyway. And verbal miscommunication takes place all the time. Even when people are sitting in the same room, people can say things that become misinterpreted or people use words in a way that one party finds unacceptable and another party doesn't understand why their language was found unacceptable. One party has no problem with the way that they spoke and the, the other person who was involved has hundreds and thousands of problems with why they're being spoken to in that way. The, the, the issue with communication is always we, we have to be able to find where our where our common ground and where our where shared language is. And when we come across those misunderstandings, we have to not be so ready to get people when they do things that are wrong. We have to say, now, did I understand you correctly? Did you mean to say this? Because to me, what I, what I think you said is this, is that true? And then the person will say, yes, that's exactly what I meant. Or no, God, Jesus, why, why would you ever think that that was what I was trying to say? Instead of, ah, they said this, and now I'll be able to use that to fucking hammer them. That Being able to make sure that everybody in the room is understood and, and on the same page should probably be more important to people than it sometimes ends up being. Uh, but that's because 
a lot of the times the sort of high profile conversations that we're talking about, the goal of that conversation is not understanding. The goal of that conversation is misunderstanding. They mean to misunderstand that person willfully. They mean to be misunderstood. When we are talking about, um, especially our, uh, uh, our political counterparts, people are very rarely trying to send a clear and concise message. If ever, they're trying to send as convoluted and difficult to understand a message as humanly possible. Because if the Republican Party of the United States told everyone what they meant all the time, no one would vote for them. Because there's not any, there's not any substance. There isn't, there isn't a platform, so to speak. In, in fact, this past election, there literally wasn't a platform. Their platform was, we don't have a platform this year. They even said so. But they said it in a way that used about 1,500 words to say, we don't have a platform, so that people would misunderstand it and misinterpret it so broadly and strangely and badly because they could never have actually meant we don't have a platform when, in fact, that's exactly what they meant. I don't know how you turn that to politics, but I like it. Um, only well, because whenever, whenever you're talking about communication, I think that it's important to, to talk about the people who are trying to communicate with us the most. And those two places are either politicians or advertisers and I wouldn't even neither say one of politicians are trying to communicate with us the most they just want your vote and then once they get their vote they don't really give a two shits about you you know the weirdest thing about politics is i think the reason why it's so trendy and i think the reason why like it's it's honestly the craziest thing is it goes back to what i was saying about the game situation we literally have a thing that decides who's going to lead the fate of this country on the concept of a game. There's a winner and there's a loser. And then this is why people get upset with each other. Cause some people have, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a Biden fan. I'm not a Trump fan. I don't give two shits about either one of them. I wasn't going to vote because I didn't like the scenarios on both cases, but with Biden in office, as soon as he got elected in there, everybody wants to sit there and say, liar, Biden, liar, Biden about stimulus checks. And I'm like, what you're, Picking one person to run a country, nobody's going to have uh, the, the cure-all answer. You know, I the, my empathy goes – I want people to realize this factor. Now, I'm not a Trump supporter, but imagine somebody's talking shit on you on the internet, and you have, a, you have an option. You have a bigger audience to be able to tell that person to fuck off, and then you get banned off social media, and now people are just constantly berating the shit out of you. Eventually, that's going to create a lot of depression, even for Donald Trump, and I look at it from an empathy factor of – as much as you feel like you hate a person, do you actually hate this person enough to if he killed himself, would you still shit on him? And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have that answer. As might, funny as it might say to be like, oh, yeah, I definitely still feel the same. I don't think deep down in your heart you would feel okay about that. I think you would just be like, 
that sucks. And then you'd move on. And that works either way. Even if Biden, the same issue happens to him later down the road. I don't want people to get to a point where they just feel like they can keyboard or say whatever they want to say on the internet. And then something drastic like that happens. And then I, I want that cold factor to know that that's there. I want you to know that you're supposed to feel empathy for a person if they do something like that to themselves, not just, a, oh, he deserves it. I don't believe that's the true answer you feel in your heart. I I always come back to the same Mark Twain quote whenever someone says, but you wouldn't you wouldn't celebrate someone's death, would you? And it is I have never wished for someone's death, but there are obituaries that I have read with great joy. Kind of like if And that is an obituary that I would read with great joy. What the Trump Oh, the, the Donald Trump obituary. Uh, I would read the Joe Biden obituary with great joy. Um, I don't know if I'd read that one with joy. I don't have a, I have an issue with something he passed in a bill, but I've said that in a past episode that people get upset about, but I don't care. Uh, yeah, I would, I would read the Joe Biden obituary with great joy. I would read the Donald Trump obituary with great joy. Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are now uh, we are now forty six for forty six. We have an unbeaten streak for the entire history of our nation, and indeed for every human being that has el ever held the office. Um, forty six for forty six. Every last president that we have ever held is a war criminal. <laughs> It's like the and we, bigger streak than the loss for the Browns for two years. Uh, it's it's better than the Undertaker WrestleMania streak. It's it's bigger than uh, it's it's bigger than uh, the Cleveland Browns not winning a game for like four hundred some odd days. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close in on the the Goldberg undefeated streak. Um, I, th I see my, my issue with the whole like political thing too is I think nobody like we were saying before about the internet when that was first being a thing we're talking about the years and advancement I don't think anybody expected the internet to be this big or they would have put a price on it I know you have to pay for your internet but I believe there would be more charges if people knew the internet was going to become this addictive or this much of a reliant thing for a lot of people and I think the issue was nobody took into account all these giant companies like Facebook Instagram Twitter that since they're their own cell phone company, they don't really fall under the, uh, you know, they fall under the free speech thing. They fall under like they can censor you. And I believe censorship's an issue. I've talked about it before where Orwell says, like, once you censor words you can't say, you lead to a dumber audience. You lead to people that don't know what those words mean. And next thing you know, you're just you're 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 changing thoughts. You know, people are going to have different thoughts if they don't know what words to use. Now, there are some words that are insensitive and shouldn't be said, but you should know why you can't say them. Be careful with Orwell because Orwell had a long list of words that he thought that people shouldn't say. Yeah, well, uh, uh, in, I, in fact, in fact, he 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 died fighting people who he thought should not be allowed to say words. He was shot in the neck in Spain trying to kill fascists so that they could not be able to say words was so was he so make sure well was he killing them for not being able to say words or was he killing them because their 
being very drastic in the actions they were taking because I'm pretty sure he was if he was shot killed in Spain attacking fascists that seems like they're creating they're already doing a movement already that is something that would cause violence so at the at the time that Orwell at the time that Orwell was killed I believe that that was uh just after the richest man in Spain had flown General Franco back to mainland Spain. So this is uh, this is before the this is before the anarchists and the communists have split into like multiple different factions that sort of kind of killed the the entire Spanish Revolution. Um, and before they have before they've really decided that Spain is going to for sure definitely have a leader that leader is definitely going to come from the military and that leader is definitely going to be Franco um At that point in time, he is uh, he is fighting for trade unionists, and he is fighting against the the very idea of fascism taking root in Spain. He is fighting against the ideas that the people like a uh, like an Adolf Hitler could come to power again this time in Spain. He was fighting the hate and the messages that they were spreading, the fascist movements that they were causing, not for the idea of them, you know, just saying it on Twitter. It was a factor of they were creating a movement, creating an army of bad words. Twitter, and, Twitter's just a, Twitter's just a street. Yeah, but that's that's the issue is the censorship factor of somebody should be able to say something. Doesn't matter if if, if that's what that person thinks and that person has the balls to say something when. Joe Biden's laptop situation came out that happened in the state right beside me. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter disabled all recent hashtags. So you couldn't be able to do anything that would affect the election. Any new posts that happened to do with the Biden situation, which everybody was posting, which was an issue for a lot of people, because a lot of people thought that was influencing the election, even though that's what they were saying they were trying to prevent. That's the issue is that if information comes out, whether or not it's about a certain political candidate or not, I think that information should be known. But they decided to take all that off everything. Even YouTube was doing something with that where they were taking off videos about the politics scenario of it. Well, and un unfortunately, unlike a street, YouTube is not a publicly funded entity. We don't we don't own YouTube. We don't own their servers. We don't own shit about them. Uh, so unlike a street, YouTube is more like my yard. So if somebody wants to come to my yard and say whatever they want, uh, they can certainly start to do that, but I can also kick them off my lawn whenever I feel like it for whatever reason. Freedom of speech protects you from the government, not the Michael. So as long as no one was jailed for using a hashtag, which I don't believe anyone was, then the freedom of speech implications are 
unfounded. Um, but don't you think that we should adjust to if you have that much of an influence in a lot of people's minds and thoughts that you should have a regulation like that of you should let people say what they have to say or say what they want to say and not block it because it doesn't side with your view? I mean, I block it where? Well, hate speech is obviously a horrible thing. But on the con- block it where if you're the, people are blocking it off Twitter off something somebody could say. It's a private company. I understand that, but don't you think if something is that big of an influence that they should be open to the idea that you can't just cancel out something that doesn't fit your judgment? You should let people doesn't have matter. the right to be able to say something. That's what that's it doesn't matter. That's what the issue if my, is with if my if my lawn is a big enough fucking influence, Twitter and YouTube isn't your lawn. There's not going to be billions of people it, on no, your lawn. No, it's Jack Dorsey's lawn. It still belongs to to a single person. I, I he can he could shut the whole thing off if he wanted to. Yeah. If he wanted to, he could turn the whole thing off and then it wouldn't exist at all. Would that be a a better and more equitable solution? I, I just think when you're a company that's that big, much like Walmart, is that you should have some regulations you have to follow just like everybody else. I understand it's a private thing, but the idea of you affect influence so much that you should be regulated a little bit because I don't think the founding fathers even thought that this would even be a possibility. That's why we don't have anything for that. Nothing is keeping these companies in line. It goes back to the same cutting the line type deal. It's a factor of, I don't think any corporation, we have laws that have no monopolies, but one of some of the biggest monopolies are stuff with internet companies. You know, they all kind of control each other. They all work with each other. We have a certain system that's supposed to stop these things, but somehow we still have them. Now, if you want to talk about creating public ownership over these things, then we can absolutely get into that. Uh, Public ownership over social media because of its newfound sort of importance uh, I can maybe sort of kind of buy that, but not even every American is on Twitter. Yeah, but it's a game, dude, is what I'm saying is if you look at like they stopped the Biden information from coming out. If that was Trump's information that was coming out and it was Trump in that scenario, you bet your fucking ass that would be on Twitter, which is like I look at that as like that's a fucking game. And in the fate of the country, in the fate of the idea of who are we going to elect to lead, I don't think that information should be put in the hands of a game or be put in the balance of, oh, I didn't like this person going against the person I agree with and then kicking them off or something. I looked at that like that's a that's a big issue. I mean, Alex Jones is the biggest guy banned off Twitter. People think he's a nut because the media portrays him that way. And yeah, he had a slip up with the Sandy Hook thing, but a lot of the stuff he said throughout his life, this stuff that we label conspiracies has came out to be true. You know, it's this concept of like, I think people need to find the information for themselves, but you can't just take somebody's freedom of speech away like that, even if you do privately own something. But that doesn't take away their freedom of speech, because as soon as you say privately owned, Alex Jones can say it. It doesn't stop him from saying it. 
he's banned off the platform. So that is stopping him from saying that he can say it somewhere else, but if you ban him off, he's got, he's banned off YouTube. He only has his one site that he works off. So people have to go to his site to find him rather than people that might have ever heard of Alex Jones, such as potential people that might get interested in him through a Twitter thing. I found you through Twitter. Same thing. People could come across a tweet from Alex Jones, big. Like, I like what this guy says and then link into his stuff. Now he's got to promote his own site just to be able to get people to attract it to him, which narrows down the range of people that would go and find out who he is. There are some, I didn't know Alex Jones until I was in my 20, until I was 20 years old. If Alex Jones wants to, Alex Jones can buy adver advertising space. Uh, not on Twitter, if, not if on YouTube. Are, if people are willing to sell it to him. Uh, Alex Jones can purchase uh, newspaper ads. Alex Jones can, he can buy airtime on television shows. What are the biggest can, advertising platforms that you get uh, things for? So on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What are the three platforms that Alex Jones is also banned off of? Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So your advertisement thing doesn't work for those platforms. Where, where that, that, What I'm saying is that narrows down the reach of people when those are the three top tier social media apps downloaded on most iPhones and Androids. I just look at that like I'm not I'm not trying to get into a debate here. I'm just trying to talk to you about like eliminating someone's right to say something is the issue. It hasn't it which hasn't been eliminated. His right to say it has not been eliminated. Okay. He can still say anything he wants. Okay. So and let's not and say eliminate. Let's say let's say constrict. Let's say restrict. That's not freedom. How, still, still hasn't been restricted. How is it eliminating them off those platforms? Low, not restricting something. How is that not? That's like if I fucking all, told you you can't go to the Walmart location. And can't go to the location that he can go to is not affecting his, what he is allowed to say. It's narrowing down the reach of what he has to say. I think you would be a the reach. The reach is not Twitter. the statement. The reach is not the statement. Reach is not guaranteed. Audience is not guaranteed in the Constitution. Correct. Okay. Am I guaranteed a book deal by the Constitution? Unless they. Am I guaranteed? An, am I guaranteed an audience by the Constitution? No. I can say whatever I want, whenever I want, okay. to whoever I want. This does not absolve me from consequences for the things that I say, which can be lots of things, up to and including private companies no longer wanting to do business with me. Okay. And part of this arrangement that Alex Jones just as this specific example would have with these companies is a business arrangement. If Alex Jones is bad for their business, then they can get rid of him. And then they did. They did a cost to risk analysis and they decided having Alex Jones would cost them more money than not having Alex Jones. So they just stopped having him. 
I wouldn't say it would cost them more money. I think they looked at it like it was going against what they view. So it's a lobbyist factor too. We're not supposed to have lobbyists in political parties, but you know that's the whole reason why a lot of people like Trump was not only the ridiculous stuff he was saying, but he didn't have any lobbyists. He didn't have any people that were personally funding him to make things get passed. But the issue when he couldn't be a lobbyist was everyone in his party, his family became lobbyists. There was deals going on with his kids, with Russia and all these other types of things. My thought is, and I, I hear you, what you're saying, and I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. I just think the issue is when you have something as impactful like that, especially towards something like an election, I don't believe that there should be things that you can restrict on that. I believe that should be an open platform because it is something as the severity of where this fate of this country goes towards. I'm not going to die on the Alex now, Jones if, now. Now, listen, if you want to talk about public ownership of all social media, we can absolutely get into that. Uh, we should seize the offices of uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of them. All of them should be completely publicly owned entities, and we should know absolutely everything about their uh, their. That's what that's my point. There's I want exactly what you're saying about their algorithms, how they're programmed, why they are programmed the way they are programmed. We should be able to see every single one of their uh, internal memos, all of the things that they have done that have gone on. Uh, we should know. We should know everything that has gone on inside of every single one of those companies from the moment of their founding to the moment that they become public entities. I absolutely agree with you. And then the moment that they become public entities, then I agree with you. Then it becomes your inalienable right as a citizen to have a Twitter account and say whatever you want on it. And then uh, it, then nobody can be banned from it for any reason. Anyone can say anything to anyone about anyone for anything. Uh, the the apple die people will get off of it because the the other thing about the internet one of the things that people like about it is that you can exist on it anonymously and one of the things that happens to some people when they get on the internet uh you can take a normal person and as soon as you give them anonymity and an audience immediately instantaneously switch from like a normal uh we might get lost again because i just got an unstable connection alert but uh they might go from being a a a totally normal mild-mannered middle management type person to just the most unhinged asshole you've ever fucking met on a forum simply because they have an audience and anonymity. And as soon as you get rid of, uh, as soon as you toss out all community guidelines, any ability to ban any uh, community policing or anything like that, as soon as you deprivatize that and make that section public, uh, you will instantaneously make the place unusable because people will just badger you into being so sick of using the site 
probably not you, probably not me, because we're both white guys and nobody gives a shit about what we have to say. Uh, at least not so far that they would uh, that they would harass and harangue us. Uh, I like to do experiments. Um, I will see something that my uh, my trans friend Zan says, and we have roughly comparable follower accounts. And I will see that she is getting brigaded and destroyed by a a not insignificant group of uh, of men on the internet. And then I will tweet the exact same tweet word for word. And these are all men who don't follow us. They, they don't have any idea who we are. Um, I'll send the exact same thing word for word and then nothing will happen to me because I'm not who they want to fuck with. So you and I will probably still be able to use Twitter, a, a, uh, a publicly owned, Twitter that nobody can be banned from for any kind of speech. You and I will probably be able to use it fine, but uh, everybody else will probably just leave the system. They would probably just get off the platform because it's precisely the private community control aspects that make it even fucking usable. One that I don't, I, I don't know what to add to that. To be honest with you, I I I agree with you. Like I said, I'm, I'm agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I just it, it's it's just I'm looking at like the fate of like decision of who's going to be elected to a country. I think the issue is like the reason what how I run this show, for instance. You need to use your name. There's no pseudonyms or all these types of things on there because when you have your name attached to something, you start understanding what you're going to really say, not just something that's going to get a rise out of people. And that's the issue with social media is a lot of people that create these fake accounts because you can and because that's kind of the popular thing to do. You can start saying shit you don't actually mean just because you feel like fucking saying shit. That is an issue that I think should be eliminated, but I think maybe we should just make the community standards of having actual people like, you know, we have identity theft. There can't be, they're tracking us already. You can't tell me, you can't figure out, oh, this person in this network is paying art. So the internet is this, okay, it's owned by this. Okay, that's who their profile is, but they're going under Fartmeister 3. Like, come on. I mean, sure. I, there's, I there's whole groups of, there's whole groups of dedicated people who, uh, who spend tons of time, uh, identifying, uh, violent white supremacists using very similar things, mostly using the public stuff that they themselves post because all of these people seem to think that they are just fucking kings of cybersecurity when you post pictures of your real fucking face all the time you know i don't have any illusions that you know the dumb twitter name that i have hides who i am when my profile picture is a picture of my face i'm not trying to pretend that i'm somebody else it's just a dumb fun name your name is offensive to some people tope conquero yeah, it's a it's yeah. a wrestling move combined with the fact that I am also queer. Uh, it's awesome, um, and I don't judge you for it. So don't call me a white supremacist. Well, 
I, I guess it would be a pretty big problem if you believe that the white race was supreme. I, I guess I don't know what else you would call somebody who believed those things. Look, don't twist this. Don't, I don't want that getting out there that people <laughs> think I think that way. I love all people. I didn't find out my grandma was a lesbian until I was 20. I love all people. You look at my dating history, you could tell I love all people. Well, watch out for watch out for your for the uh, the the watch out for the white supremacist that lives inside of all of our own heads, because we've all been taught. Uh, I've been a minority in every job I've ever. We've been all in, been. Uh, My guidance counselor said to me, "I can give you this class, or it's called uh, what is African American history, or you can wait till next year and I can give you this class." So I think we should just wait till next year and I ask why because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. And I said, why would I feel uncomfortable about being in an African-American studies class? And he said, because you'll be the only white guy in there. And I'm not going to lie. And I walked in that room and I sat down. So a lot of people, when they were reading off the syllabus, like 40 years a slave, how to kill or uh, the white man, it was another one that we were reading that semester. And I felt the eyes just pierce through me. And, you know, I ended up cracking a joke later when we all had to introduce ourselves where I was like, my name's Robbie. I'm a Capricorn. I'm obviously white. Uh, it, it hit this level with people where they started laughing and the whole tension got brought down. And I think that's just an issue of how we look at each other. And I think the hardest thing for some people to do is to be comfortable with something that doesn't look like them. And every job I've ever been in, I've been a minority. And I've prided myself in the fact that I never had that uncomfortability factor because to me, everyone is a, just a person. If you treat me with respect, you're going to get respect back. And well, uh, the that could, that's that's certainly that's certainly a part of it. But there's as I've gotten older, you start to learn that there are there are things that you learned that you didn't that you didn't know that you were learning. And you don't remember anybody teaching them to you and you don't, you don't know why you think this thing, but you think it. And maybe it's not even a harmful or a negative thing, but you think it and it's not true and it's kind of weird. And it's part of the weird white supremacist that lives inside the brain of every white person on planet Earth. And it's not, it's not to say that you need to that you need to self-flagellate over this shit every moment of every day. It's not saying that you need to fucking go beat the brakes off yourself over how bad a person you are because you were born white. Nobody's fucking saying that to you. It's incredibly unproductive. You're not helping your neighbors by doing that. But if you if you take the time and interrogate certain things about yourself, 
and interrogate certain things that you have that you have believed for a long time you will start to find those beliefs challenged in really beautiful awesome ways and i can't recommend it highly enough even and no matter how intensely you you feel yourself uh uh line up against white supremacist leanings, no matter how, uh, how far away from who you envision yourself as, um, is one of the things that it especially helped me to realize. And one of the things that I really, uh, uh, liked in terms of the way that it helped me change my language and the chain the way that it helped me change the way that I just even think about myself. Um, I don't even like to, to think of myself as not a racist because that's not a thing that I can say about myself because that's not up for me to choose like being an ally, right? I can't make that choice. An ally isn't a thing you can call yourself. An ally is something other people call you. A racist is not something that I can call myself. A racist is something other people call me based on my actions. Not a racist is also something that I can't call myself. It's something that other people wouldn't even call somebody. They just wouldn't bring it up. <laughs> That depends, dude, because there are people that just say shit without even knowing a person, without even, you know, they just, they could have an, you could say something that could be a disagreement on if you like Coke or Pepsi and someone can say, shut up, you like cisgendered, uh, whatever goes on and on and on about something where they're just making statements about people and then they get a bunch of people joining in on their thing just in support without even looking into the issue. Happens all the time with why people get canceled. You know, it's a whole concept of people throw out these things, not knowing the impact of what these words really are. I don't think people toss around the word racist. People toss around the word without really understanding the impact that that actually has. It's just a word. It's, it's like saying the word shit. For some people, it's a very impactful word. But for a lot of other people, it's just a fucking everyday word. Like I do use shit all the time. It, it, it's the concept of it when you're on social media, for instance, the biggest portrayal you see of that is people calling other people things without knowing who they are. You know, you see that. And I see that in so many other factors of things where I've seen it done in support where people will support a bunch of people in one way. And then you end up finding out that the person's lying or stolen an identity or trying to be a false persona, just trying to get a bunch of people to like their stuff. And it comes out later where people start attacking them. And then they'll be like, don't you say that about that person? Then you find out, oh my God, this person's been lying to me. I'm sorry. I told you that you're a liar. Yeah. It leads into this whole idea of it's creating distorted perceptions of people when you get to identify or be someone that's not yourself, be, you know, go under a different name, go under a different thing, or everyone sees something that they feel like if they don't agree with it, then they get in trouble in society. And that's an issue is that well, I feel but, like, but don't, but don't agree with what? 
Don't agree with what? Don't agree with the the notion that Now, sure, if somebody were to extrapolate from something as innocuous as a one-sentence statement, if only based on a one-sentence statement like, I prefer Coke over Pepsi, someone were to say, you're a racist, that would be weird. I could point fucking 50,000 people if I look up that freaking question, man. That's how dumb that shit gets. That's what I'm trying to point out is people say you, the first word of all, without the First impact. of all, you can't find 50,000 people that have, that have piled on to, I, I prefer Coke over Pepsi, who say that's racist. I bet you 20 bucks I can search up the hashtag. Let's see, Coke racist. And I bet you 20 bucks something's going to pop. Now, if you find stuff about Coca-Cola's racist policies, that is different than saying I one person saying I prefer Coke to Pepsi and them saying you are a racist. (laughs) First top result, Trump drinks Coke. He's obviously a racist. (laughs) See, people just toss out shit. Let's see Pepsi. I wonder if Pepsi is that. I want to make sure because I buy a lot of Pepsi. I don't want to be supporting a bad cause. Well, I mean, all the soft drink companies are a bad cause. Dude, don't knock Mountain Dew, bro. Pepsi. Mm. (laughs) This person right here. Oh, I can't tell. Their name is double asterisk. Asterisk. Pepsi Max makes you racist. Hashtag Pepsi, hashtag Max. Thank you. <laughs> Pepsi Max makes you racist. Jesus. Dawood Walid. I'm avoided drinking Pepsi products until it apologizes for its racism. And he wrote an article on WordPress about it. But again, this NBC isn't... News. This isn't Dove apologizes for racially insensitive Facebook ad. Oh, Jesus. But again, this isn't someone saying, I prefer Coke over Pepsi and 50,000 people jumping down their throats calling them a racist. If you give me enough time, I bet you 20 bucks I'll find something. But if someone were to make a statement. Here we go. Here we go. Right here. Didn't even take that long. Joanna said, putting this racist, bigoted sympathizer Pepsi down right now, I can learn to love Coke. And if you're wrong, you're a racist. Come on, dude. This is shit you can't make up. It's she posted that on. Oh, that was 2017. Still, though, it's a thing like you are going to look up anything and people just toss out words without the meaning. And that's the issue of when you can make a profile. It doesn't have anything of ramifications. People just start saying shit about people. Then nobody looks into is that person actually a racist? Next thing you know, you're blanking somebody. You're calling somebody all this type of stuff, hurtful stuff. And then that's where my sympathy comes in of like. I don't want that person to be like, all oh, these people are calling me this, and then they go and hurt the themselves. The issue comes, like, however, Fuck. the issue does come from there is no interrogation on the part of a person who is called a racist for why would I be called this? What has happened? There's at no point in time does anyone look inward. Well, apparently. If you support Pepsi by Richard Pina, you are a racist. And that was posted in 2017. Something happened. Something happened with Pepsi, Pepsi in 2017. I'm I'm serious. Yeah, it's you a lot of people. You, you <laughs> found people. some kind of weird time capsule because this this can't be. This is not happening in a vacuum. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. 
Izzy Barnett Kearns, maybe all Trump needs is a Pepsi and he'll stop being racist. And that was in 17. Oh, this was about that commercial where they, I remember Hey, look, here you go. Someone just called me a racist for drinking a Pepsi. I nearly took my Native American headdress off and chased them. That's terrible. But that, come on now. I tell you, people just toss stuff out like it's, and there's a whole, oh my God, it's all 2017 too. Hey, that guy's from 20. Oh, he commented on a post from 2017. Why are you sponsoring teams with racist names? This is about the, this is hashtag MLB. So I didn't know that baseball had an issue with that. I thought it was this, the team names of. Oh, okay. It was a commercial for the Cleveland Indians and they were like Pepsi and I could see why it would be a, yeah. I was gonna say, there, there's no way that this just happened in a vacuum. This you've obviously hit like these people are obviously upset about something very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of 2017s, dude. This now boycotting Pepsi, Facebook, in protest of racist content. A new report by Yukon Rudd Center finds Pepsi is the worst offender for targeting black kids with ads. Black preschoolers, children's, and teens saw 2.3 times, 2.4 times, and 2.5 times ad for Pepsi products than white peers. What fucking study is checking that? Welcome to the world that we live in, got <laughs> Mike. Welcome to the world. I told you, and that was in 20, so that's three years later she came in on the fight on the Pepsi thing. But I'm saying people toss out words without it meaning anything. You know, it's it's hard because there are th things where is society telling you you need to think this way or do you actually feel this way and some people just want the attention of like yeah i support you just for the attention of saying that they support you without knowing what they're fully supporting you know it's a very clear thing of you need to understand what is going on you know and it's hard in this world now where there's just so much vast information and i can't stop thinking about the pepsi thing now <laughs> It's out there. It's existing. Um, Thank God I'm drinking a, but it seems like, it seems like the, the, I, the I idea supporting? that it's, I don't want that it's worse somehow to be called a racist than it is to take strew as racist. If you are worried about being about people thinking that you are a racist, Take the 15 fucking minutes to look inward and think, what, what did I do in this situation that caused me to be viewed this way? Because I don't want to be viewed this way. This isn't who I am. If, if, that's, if that's where you are leaning and that's where you are coming down on all of this and I don't want to be this person, then what have I done to be viewed this way this time? And how can I change it? for the future is it is it worse for me to be called a racist by this person than whatever action i took and i think that the answer is a fucking emphatic no because beyond all of that if time has showed anything it's that there is no such fucking thing as getting canceled it it what? doesn't exist. Yes, it does. Listen to this. In 20... 
I've been almost canceled three fucking almost. times, and I'm not even on a big enough almost. platform. Yeah, because of the concept of like, I the YouTube and everybody reviewed my actual stuff and was like, oh, he's not saying anything that this person is saying. All from a guest that I denied because I went onto their Twitter and they had eighty seven thousand tweets and they only had an account for two months, and each tweet was like every five minutes of them just screaming at Trump, and I'm like, oh, there's like something mentally going on there. There's like something that you feel the need that you need to project. But again, almost. Okay, you're right on that. I mean, I just looked up breaking news. Baja Blast is safe. So fucking thank God. But does that mean I should cancel you or I should call you an anti-Semite if you support Walt Disney? Because that's the thought of Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. What about Ford? He was a freaking uh, a neo-Nazi and an anti-Semite. I mean, sure. So if you buy a Mustang, you're fucking in the same group. That's what people are thinking. That's the same thing with the Pepsi hashtags I just saw. Any If you buy a Pepsi product, you are racist. That doesn't make sense to me. You can't lump people in that category. Or besides, are you pulling out a Pepsi? Please, God, tell me. No, no, I, I haven't. I I haven't had like a, a carbonated soda that wasn't like uh, like. Soda that wasn't LaCroix, like soda water or like sailor like club soda or something like that in like oh god oh, do you like drink Lacroix years. that's the biggest question no I I don't like intentionally buy flavored soda or anything like that if I can help it I think the last time I have had a soda was when I had like oh god I think I had like a rum and coke or something like five or six years ago. I'm going to hold you to that five or six years ago. You, you drank a Coke, so you supported that that horrible company, that evil cause. Yeah, it makes my teeth feel like shit, too. <laughs> it does. <clears throat> I'm feeling it. Yeah, it makes my teeth feel like shit, so I'll pay for that one. No, I don't. I, uh, here's, the, here's the one, the, or the, the one-two punch for why I, uh, I have firmly landed in the camp that canceling just, it just straight up doesn't exist. Um, do you remember a few years ago, there was a woman who tweeted when she was on a plane on my way to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. And then she got on her plane and she turned off her phone and the internet lost its mind. And the company who she worked for said, Hey, before she lands, she's going to be fired. So don't worry about it. Everybody. It's all going to be taken care of. And she landed and everybody had a good laugh as she landed and found out she got fired. Do you remember that? I don't, to be honest with you. Well, just the other day, I found out that not only did she, uh, did she immediately find another job, but she immediately found another job at a subsidiary company for the company that fired her. So not only did she not face any consequences, she didn't even actually have to change jobs. She got rehired by the same fucking company, the same company who got to performatively say, look how good we are. We're so good. We're listening to you people. She said this horrible thing about AIDS and Africans that's really deeply unsensitive, insensitive, and we fired her for it. And then immediately, rehired her at another corporation that we happen to own uh, at a, a advanced pay rate. She got a promotion out of this tweet. 
And then here's the other one, because this one took even less time. This one, you know, they canceled Ellen DeGeneres. This one was, uh, yeah, she got super canceled. She has the biggest daytime talk show in the history of daytime talk shows. She has more money. She did. She has more money than she's ever had in her entire life. She's so canceled. They're not, they're not doing the show anymore. They canceled her when that information and all that stuff where it was a bad work environment came out. She's 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 so canceled. The the biggest she 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 has money, sure, saved, but she doesn't have her show anymore. So then that, there's her way of income, just on the basis of how apparently she was running a Dobby grave or whatever in her backyard. Oh fucking! And the and the the camp. the one that the one that truly makes your head spin. This is the one, uh, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, from Missouri. Remember when he lost his book deal and he was screaming to the heavens about how he was going to sue Simon and Schuster for not letting him have his book deal? I don't remember that. So it was shortly after the it was shortly after the coup, and uh, everybody was saying, "Hey, here's all these times Josh Holly was calling for the coup," and they were able to show the receipts and actions of him calling for a coup. And Simon Schuster said, hey, we're not going to publish your book anymore, Josh. Sorry about your luck. And he said, you know what, Simon and Schuster, I'm going to sue you over all of this. And he couldn't get an attorney to take his case because Simon Schuster can publish whatever they want. They're a private company. The First Amendment does not entitle you to a book deal. They don't have to publish your manuscript. Well, two weeks later, he found a company who would publish his book, just like he was always going to, because a sitting United States senator is going to get their book published. Of course they will. Well, it turns out the company who's going to publish his book, it's owned by Simon and Schuster. He didn't even, he didn't even get canceled by the people who said they canceled him. Okay. See, I thought canceling doesn't yeah, exist. I, I, like I said, it does not exist. <laughs> But if he got canceled by the book company. Yeah, they said they were not going to publish his book, which was not true. Simon and Schuster said, we will not publish his book. And then they turned around and quietly picked it up on a different imprint that they own. So now his book is not being published by Simon and Schuster. It's being published by something else that Simon and Schuster owns, that Simon and Schuster will get all of the money from. That's some sketchy stuff. Well, so they well, so they get to so they thing. get to look they get to look good, and they get to do whatever. The Ellen DeGeneres stuff is still too fresh. Canceling. What about Army Hammer trying to eat his girlfriend's ribs? Can we talk He's about having that? kinkier sex with weirder girls than you've ever met in your entire life? Eating fucking ribs today, though? right now. Army Army Hammer is having weirder sex than you and I have ever dreamed of. With. That's not sex. With a weirder, with a weirder person than you and I have ever met in our entire lives. Probably, but I don't see that as a kink as eating somebody's ribs. That's and, fucking and again, the I will I will <laughs> tell on, you that, that's a crazy article. You, here's I will I will admit that Army Hammer has been successfully canceled. I will come back on this show and and eat an entire hat. If at the end of all of this, Army Hammer does zero more films and starts working at Subway. 
I'm not saying that he's going to be canceled for what he did. I'm saying, isn't that weird though with the cannibalism thing? I think just Hollywood's kind of screwed up in general. Uh, Kevin Sp- Kevin Spacey got canceled. Bill Cosby got canceled. What do you mean there's no cancellation? And don't tell me Bill Cosby didn't get canceled. He's in fucking prison. Going to jail is prison is a is a different thing because he OJ got canceled. Did he? I see lots of pictures of OJ golfing. I see lots of pictures of OJ. That's pictures of him golfing. You can I see lots golf. of pictures of OJ in beautiful homes. What movies has he been? What movie has he been in? He what was, song has he, he was created? An, what he was other... an athlete. What has uh what has Frank what song has Franco Harris released lately? What song have any of his of his other contemporaries who were running backs from the 1970s? So I don't have a list of running backs from the 1970s in front of me, but what are they? But <laughs> what are on, they? You gotta understand to right the cancellation now? thing. I know well, okay, more go about back to what Bill Cosby I know then. more about what O.J. Simpson is doing today than I know about what Franco Harris is doing today. So arguably, because he's on social so, media, because our, I bet Franco Harris has a Twitter account, and I bet that he has way less followers than O.J. Simpson. <laughs> okay. Well, you're telling me that if somebody offers that somebody's out there wanting to offer OJ a movie deal or they're too afraid to take that shot being on social media for something you did in the past. It's like winning Olympic gold or something. They can't take that gold away from you unless they found out you're cheating. You're always going to be that gold athlete. You know what I mean? So they're Bruce Jenner. I don't see him doing a whole or Caitlyn Jenner. I don't see him doing a whole lot of things going on besides being married to the Kardashians or doing stuff like that. People still love him for the fact he was a gold olympian you know that's that's not with oj the people are following him because he did an insane fucking murder i don't see anybody coming at him with a book deal or anybody he already wrote a book if i did it and it was like if i murder the people this is how i do it and the guy's like don't write that book he's like i'm gonna write that book so now it's just hello twitter world on twitter nobody's coming at him with a movie deal Nobody's coming at him with but anything. He, but, uh, uh, he did have a he did he canceled. did have a movie career before then. You're correct, but I wouldn't. I would say that he is no more canceled than his contemporaries. And his contemporaries. You know, I watched Naked Gun before I saw his murder documentary, and I was so shocked. And I would argue that O.J. Simpson's contemporaries are not film stars, but instead other running backs from the 1970s. All right, you can't, you can't. You're not, now we're not even. You're not even listening to facts now. Let's go to let's go to Bill, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was canceled, and the weirdest thing to me was how a reporter had said it that Bill Cosby is one of the most serial or something rapist of all time throughout history, all time, and that just fucking sunk in with me. Like, holy shit! Like everybody's grandpa of comedy, basically is that and that he was canceled man that is the best representation of cancer prison is not cancellation punishment for okay a, when he gets out if somebody fucking gives him a book deal if somebody gives him a book deal or his own jello company in the next 10 years and i'll be fucking surprised i don't see him getting anything after this and i see him locked up for a very I, long time I, I agree i think it is more likely that he will die in prison because of his advanced age than it is that he is just gonna roll out and everything will be hunky-dory you know what i mean hello um but punishment for a crime 
again, is not necessarily cancellation. Um, because we still haven't seen how exactly he will be treated and received as an inmate. Uh, because people sometimes want to talk to these people a lot, regardless of what they have been convicted of and incarcerated for. Uh, there was a serial killer and uh, something Sutcliffe, his name's going to escape me. I, I don't remember his first name, but they used to just like check in with him, not about like his serial killings. They didn't like only interview him about like what he was doing, but they would just like check in with him about what was going on in England, like how he felt about this tax, how uh, what, what, what he thought about new music trends, how he felt about how so-and-so was dressed, like we'll see how Bill Cosby's treated by the media. It's not going to be good. uh, Probably not. But we'll see. The only book deal I see getting thrown his way is like, how did he do all these acts? Like they want specific scenarios. Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. But all he had to do was admit to it and he would have got a lesser sentence, but he refused to admit to it. Yeah, uh, that's part of the the persona and the power play. Because he refuses to admit to it and elocute on it is part of the reason why he will probably die in prison. Because to even be considered for parole, you have to admit to your crimes. <laughs> Sorry, you said that I had to cross myself. But yeah, you you have to you have to f- fully elocute to it and bit to your crimes. That's the best representation of cancellation is if you die in fucking prison, man. Come on now. Punishment for a crime is not. I don't know. It's not the. Uh, I don't know. Even that's going is going to jail. Is going to jail being canceled? That's sketchy it? ice, man. Come on, at least give me like the half a point on that one for pulling I out suppose, that example. I suppose. I suppose I can. I suppose I can. And with and with Ellen, it's the jury's out because you have to see how this how the how the rest of it plays out. If Ellen no, never has another television show, never has. A, uh, a multi-million dollar podcast deal with Spotify doesn't uh, uh, doesn't come out of this somehow making more money, then I suppose I will have to agree that so cancel culture absolutely exists. Let's if, let's if bet it. Somehow, Hang on. Let's bet it. Let's bet it. I want to see if Army Hammer doesn't get a book dealer movie deal. You have to come back on the show and eat clam chowder like you have to do the the whole time while i compensate oh yeah i'll uh in fact i will just uh i will just be on you can do a whole nother interview i won't conversation part of it yeah you can talk to a whole nother person i'll just be there eating clam chowder (laughs) everyone be like what the fuck is this guy's issue it's like no he's just He's observing. He's observing. Yeah, he's just he's just here to eat his army hammer clam chowder. 
that's a strange bet, but I'm in. I'm in. And it's uh, it's it's only because the Kevin Spacey one involved kids that he's uh, canceled. That he's not already that he's not already back on the horse, but someone is going to use him the same way people used Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson has been in films since okay. all of those phone calls were leaked. <laughs> Diddling kids is different than getting into a fight with someone or an altercation with someone. That's a little bit different than that's a big, that's a big difference then. So you can't really uh, compare oh, yeah. those two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's very different than, uh, than army hammer doing a bunch of DMT because he realized that it won't be tested for on his quarter or drug tests. He did that. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, this whole thing came about because they found his secret Instagram. What's his secret Instagram? I'm about to Google that right now. I don't, I don't remember his secret Instagram handle, but his secret Instagram had like, it, it was photos of the drug test he was supposed to take for his quarter-to drug test that said all of the things that listed all, all the things that it was going to test for, and then a picture of his face, uh, making just one of the crazier faces that you've seen a person make and the caption said your face when you realize that your quarter to drug test will not be testing for dmt <laughs> did it for the gram did it for and the then you just couldn't you couldn't just just leave it alone and then came all of these weird dms about him talking of it wasn't just like wanting to eat women's ribs it was it was stuff all about eating humans about wanting to like i just want to hold your still beating heart in my hand oh my I just, god i just like he just wants to kill a woman You're gonna that's eat all a he wants bowl of clam chowder all he wants to do is kill a woman that's all he's ever wanted in his whole life is to just murder a woman um so we'll see we'll see what happens with a uh, potential wannabe serial killer army hammer um i think he's i think he's gonna be fine you're going to be eating a bowl of New England clam chowder on this show. I think he's going to be just fine. All right. Fast I've got a, I've got an amazing chowder recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I got a, a great recipe. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> Mike, where can, they, where can they find you at, man? Uh, I'm at, at it's MLP on Twitter. If you, uh, if you want to get there and hear, hear more opinions on who I think Army Hammer wants to eat. Um you can uh you can listen to me on uh arson on arson uh the uh, recent name changed to the lafrisian chronicles but i think you can still find it by searching arson a magical audio drama podcast we are in the middle of season one uh i think almost exactly in the middle of season one it's so hard to tell because i'm recorded so far in advance of everything and we've got a kickstarter going on right now to get season two off the ground uh so if you search for the lafrisian chronicles on kickstarter you can get that stuff moving uh and help us make that show we're having a whole lot of fun uh it's hard in this pandemic for your theatrical artists since we can't get in a room with everybody and make everybody happy. Uh, so audio drama has been the way that we're doing that. And it's just been a great time. Send that to me. Um, your guys newest and kick or your Kickstarter. So I can retweet that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll shoot that link over your way. All right. Well, I appreciate you for joining me again, Mike. It's always fun chatting it up with you. Uh, Absolutely. It's coming soon. You eating clam chowder on this show. 
coming soon. Uh, let's let's uh, we'll we'll figure out a timeline on the. It's Army from Hammer now bet. until the fucking end of time. <laughs> but definitely, uh, definitely once a year until I get to come on and scream about how I told you so. <laughs> 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 oh my god well, thank you for listening to this episode of out of the blank podcast and stay tuned for our next episode